Hi, I'm Ben Richardson, and you're listening to the Karate Podcast, where we talk about karate, the competitive sport of Kumite, and the warrior's journey. Brought to you in association with Kumite Coach, the world's first progressive online high-definition coaching platform, created by coaches and fighters for coaches, fighters, and students of karate. Join KumiteCoach.com today and take your karate to the next level. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Karate Podcast. I'm really excited today to have with us Tom Scott. He is a fourth degree black belt. He's an elite karate fighter representing Team USA. He has an incredible track record in the competitive arena. He's a six-time Pan American champion, a 15 times national champion. 10 times US Open champion, three times Pan American Games medalist, including gold medals in 2015 and 2019. He has won multiple events in the K1 Premier League alongside multiple events in the Karate Series 1 tournaments list. And it is a list that is too long to go through in the podcast. In 2015, he was ranked number one by the WKF at minus 75 kilos and is currently ranked at number six in the world. It is an incredible list of achievement. And Tom, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for uh, you know staying up late for me. So I, I appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, so Tom, could we just start talking around what events or experiences led you to becoming a karateka and then uh, ultimately a fighter in, in our sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's funny that at least here in the States, you know, nobody starts karate for the sport. Everybody starts karate because, oh, their parents want them to have more discipline, uh, more confidence, uh, you know, the first self-defense. So, and for me as an eight-year-old, uh, my parents put me in it when, you know, we had some friends down the street who were doing it and my parents wanted me to build some confidence. And, um, and so we were carpooling together and my friends didn't last very long, but uh, karate had already captured my heart and I was, I was in it. So uh, as soon as I found out about the sport too, you know, I was all about it. You know, I just, I think I was much more inclined to the, uh, that individual sport aspect, you know, more than team sports for some reason, you know, some kids are like that. So I loved the individual that it was, it was all about me. I had control over my, uh, you know, my fate. If I did well, you know, if I lost, I can, I can quickly analyze and learn. Um, and I never blamed it on a teammate because I was the only one out there, you know? And so, you know, the sport really helped me, um, you know, stay involved when there were years, you know, as a teenager too, you know, you're like, I don't want to do like my curriculum karate. You know, I just want to fight. And so it, it's helpful. Um, and now I'm at this wonderful balance where I, I really do enjoy authentic karate and the sport. And, you know, they both kind of help counter lulls in the other. Um, anytime one of them is not, you know, the so hot, you know, the then I get to stay sharp in, in the other, in the other side of it. So anyway, I think, that was kind of just how it all started. My parents put me in for confidence. Great. And so as a, a karateka, you practice all aspects of uh, karate now, you have a kata, kumite, 
Keon, Hunkai. Yep. Fantastic. And how so, and, and even teaching as well, you know. So I I work full time here at the Academy of Classical Karate and um, you know, it's just a, a wonderful setup for me that I'm able to because I know how difficult it can be too, uh, balancing competing at elite level with work, right? Uh, vacation time, things like that. And and my instructor, Sensei Brody Burns, you know, he's made it to where this this school can be my full-time career. And then, you know, my boss wants me to get out there and go to these premier leagues and go to these events and and be training in the mornings and the evenings. And and so it really is a a wonderful setup that I'm very thankful for. And um, you know, but and then as far as training, he still holds me to it. Tonight, actually, Thursday nights uh, are our black belt classes, and I have to be in there just like every other black belt. And no kumite, you know, not not nothing to do with sport. Training kata, training our wado curriculum, and uh, getting beat up a little bit. It mm -hmm. keeps you humble, and uh, and also just a little bit, you know, keeps it fresh. So that's what I'll be doing tonight. Fantastic. Um, looking back, uh, was there a point where you realized you were going to commit yourself fully? to karate and uh, you've gone beyond a typical club competitor. I mean, you, you're one of the best in the world. Um, was there a point where you were, you were you know, like, that's what I'm going to do. This is where life's taking me. Could you describe that moment for us or was it a series of moments? Man, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm still in that moment. You know, it, it's like uh, you can say that there, there was always, there was always a moment looking ahead to the next event, or even as a kid, um, you know, or then making career decisions, school decisions, I've always just kind of had that in my mind that I wanted this. And, uh, you know, it's pretty neat that very from very humble beginnings are we had a small karate school. And since they burns the owner, you know, we were competing in just within the state, right? So we would compete at local Texas tournaments and, and nothing really further outside of that. And we were, as a school and my, you know, uh, the people who paved the way for me and my coaches, they were all dominating at this state level, you know, and, and we wanted more. We wanted, so we, we found organizations that were nationwide um, and, started doing well there just his visions for more as a coach always matched my visions for for more as an athlete and once we started dominating nationally we found the the ngb for you know for usa karate and the the olympic track um and even though we weren't in the olympics yet you know at the time and we wanted that and then internationally you know so it was always there's always been more uh, even to now to this day you know you see you know, the best out there. And we just, we want to find those guys. We want to fight with those guys because it makes us better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it has just always been that way. Uh, when I, when I was in like at the university and stuff as well, I think that that was, you know, those are key moments for a lot of karate cause who are, who have, you know, hopeful futures. And, and sometimes it comes to a head there and they have to stop prioritizing by prioritizing school. And, you know, we were able to just make it happen. I think, you know, I, I lived an hour away for a university and had to decide to come home on the weekends and, uh, and to continue training and make sure that prepare for events. And so I just, I feel, I do feel like there's, 
there's always a way you can you can never you can you can settle or you can decide to just never settle and 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 prioritize school as well still but but get what you want done and and that was four quick years you know and then after that you know i continued being full-time and i remember there was even moments where my parents they've always been so supportive right but then there were times where it was like hey tom you know you know you've outdone to playing around and and getting ready to start your career and stuff like that and i was like oh yeah sure i'll, I'll i'm ready to start my career but but i'm doing this too and and it needs to work and and you know god and fate have always been there too to uh to keep me on this path too even when there were moments where i applied for jobs that it would not have worked out and and it karate would not have worked out the same and uh, of course i i did not make it through those application processes you know so it's just weird things like that where um you know here we are today so um but i i, I like the way you asked that question it makes me think i i'm still living that moment even today i'm still like this is what i want to do and and i still have my goals in in uh in in the sport and uh you know we're still hard charging towards them hmm. And have, have those goals changed much over, over time, over the last few years? I mean, obviously with the Olympics coming into play, did that have a, a directional change for you as well? You know, um, maybe a little bit as far as like, you know, uh, involvement with the USOPC over here and, and their involvement with us. And it's been a blessing and, and really cool. But, you know, as you know very well, and I love to tell this to people who don't know karate too but every karateka out there is the day that we found out we were an olympic sport our schedules didn't change you know we were we were already training hard we already had our goals for world championships and things we considered ourselves olympic athletes far before our sport was ever in it so you know i think that's just one of the cool things i always like to mention is that when we found out we were in the Olympics, my schedule didn't change at all. You know, we, we went to the same workouts the next day. We were cheering and excited, but, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't like we got busier or started working harder because we were already doing this thing, you know, and, and even when the Olympics pass, you know, I still have full plans of, um, you know, continuing on just because I, I enjoy it. So, um, you know, I know a lot of colleagues are, you know, the Olympics is like a, uh, you know, checkpoint for them where they might be done after that, you know, and, uh, and it's a shame because there's, there's a lot of talent there that, you know, doesn't need to be just because of the event, but just because of celebration of, of who they are as athletes. So I, you know, I encourage everybody to, to not really do it towards an, an event, but do it because you like it. And I think uh, that's been very helpful for me for, you know, 15 years of doing this too. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, in terms of uh, competing, um, you mentioned that you started out in like a local league and then you moved up to, you know, find that next better level of competition. Um, do you remember going to your first kind of Premier One or, or K1 series event? And was there, a, was there a big step up for you at any moment or had you already experienced that like at the Pan Ams or how? how how did your career pan out in terms of those jumps in expectation for performance? Yeah, um, I remember when I yeah when I was eighteen and and nineteen and 
Um, and those were really some, some of those golden years for, uh, you know, the, the, the opens, you know, that was when they were still calling these events, just the opens. There wasn't really the formalized karate ones, uh, quite yet. Those were just a couple years behind, but when in 2008, 2009, it was all about the opens. We had the Dutch open, the U S open, the Paris open, and, uh, they weren't a league together quite yet. I think there were ideas about doing it. They were calling like a golden league type thing, but it really was just about those specific events. And, um, and man, I, I just, I feel a personal connection to the old Dutch open, um, you know, where I would just go over there every year. It was always on time. It was huge. You know, the, the category is 150, 160 people in a category. And, and you just got to learn so much and you'd see the superstars there and you're like, man, I want to be fighting those guys. And so every year you would go, you know, and the first time you learn really quick as an 18, 19 year old spending money on that going across the ocean. If you lose first round and come home empty handed, you're like, okay, I, I can't waste my time here. You know, I, it has to be, I have to learn something from this, this event or, or, you know, or what, what am I doing? So I tried very hard every time to, to pick up as much as I could every time I crossed the ocean and uh, learn as much as I can and change my game. So for years there, I've, I've always been proud and my coach with me that every year we come back, we're different. You know, like we're, things have changed a little bit. You know, for a while there, there was just tons of YouTube videos and, and people could watch matches of me a lot and be like, let, we were, my coach would, you know, help me motivate me. He'd be like, let them watch the videos because next year you're going to be so much different. You're adding techniques, you're, you're adding movements. And, and so my goals were always trying to evolve and trying to make, you know, uh, make those rounds with those guys. And then when we were making those rounds, it was beat those guys. And when we were beating those guys, we got, got to try and stay consistent. And so, you know, it's, I remember growing up at the, you know, specifically Dutch Open, the Paris Open, those things. I mean, those were, uh, those were wonderful events, you know? Yeah, incredible. And you, you seem to have a, a real sort of sense of energy about the, the tournaments that you're talking about. Do you, have you been, or are you the type of competitor that goes there uh, and gets nervous? Do you stay excited? Do you, do you feel fear? What goes through you, your mind, you know, on a, on a tournament day? Yeah. Um, I can remember, you know, each, I can remember it being different in different stages of my life and, and things like that. And, and that's part of the beauty of it. You know, it's, it's always evolving, always evolving and always circular. You know, I've learned so many times that, uh, you know, and I keep a, a book, a journal, uh, it's not right here on me. I think I have it at home right now, but you know, I've kept it since I was 18 and, it was part of my efforts to learn from every event, make the most of spending thousands to go and fight for three minutes and come home, you know, um, was to learn. And, and so I would document everything good, bad, you know, how did I sleep? What did I eat even? And like, did that play into it? So just trying to, you know, learn as much as I could. And, and, and I have learned one thing that as soon as you ever feel like, ah, I've made it, that's not really what it's about. It's about continually, you know, ironing those uh, processes, you know, nerves, excitement, 
yeah, I'd say now, you know, I don't really get as nervous, you know, as I have in the past, but, you know, experienced fighters can know that you sometimes need to kick yourself in the butt a little bit, make yourself nervous. Cause if you're too nonchalant, you could, it could, you could be losing and it'd be too late. So yeah. you've got to have a little bit of excitement and energy, energy in there to, uh, you know, um, even when you've done hundreds of these tournaments and you're like, okay, you know, it's just another one for the books. You got to try and make sure that you stay awake and not fall asleep on it. So, um, but I guess now, yeah, I don't, I don't really get nervous. I do get excited. Um, I get very grateful and I try and make sure that part of, you know, for me, my formula is, is, you know, those, those moments are some of the high moments in life. And, and when I am grateful for everything else that I have, you know, back here and work and friends and my family and my wife, and then, you know, it just keeps me, I'm able to fight. I'm able to go and, and not be afraid of losing or go and, uh, you know, and, and see my best out there. So I think sometimes when we hype up these tournaments to be everything, you know, and we're like, that's all I want, then you get scored on and your, your things start falling apart. Where when you keep it in good perspective, at least for me anyway, when I keep it in good perspective, you know, I can get scored on and, and have a good understanding. That's part of it. Let's go score back on them. And let's, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how I keep it. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, with your with your competition day setup, do you have a like a pre-performance routine you'll go through? Do you do you also take you mentioned your nutrition there? Have you found a formula that works best for you on on that day? Um, yeah, I think uh, as far as like routines, you know, I think really mentally for me, like I have to be in a position where I'm again, like, gratitude is big for me, and if I'm spending it, my coach is there and. And we're cracking jokes and enjoying being in Europe or in Asia or Africa or wherever. And we're just kind of like appreciating those moments. That's, that's good for me. Um, I'm usually not the type to be like, you know, just to, I'm going to beat this, you know, it, our sport's a little bit different too, you know, where you want to be kind of calm and you want to be, you know, ready for the chess match and not so much the, the physical grind of it. So I think for me, I just need, I need calm, collective, uh, thinking open. And, uh, so my, my coach and I crack in jokes, that's something we do in staging and try and keep it light. And then, uh, uh, let's see nutrition wise. Like, I think, you know, I, I just kind of keep it as, as long as I'm keeping it relatively lean, then that's good for me too. You know, I've thought I've read up some things before where, you know, just, meat fats can sometimes just on the day of competition, you know, slow your absorb absorption of nutrients and stuff. So I like, I love bacon, but I'll avoid it on competition day or something like that. Really, that's about it. You know, I've making weights pretty easy for me because I like to train at my weight. So I've literally been the, the same weight for, you know, 10 years or over 10 years. And uh, having a tournament every month definitely helps keep you you know, at weight or close to it. So I just kind of, I get to really eat whatever I want generally, but just kind of focus it in a little bit. Part of that is because my coach and I and, and experience has told me that I fight a little bit better when I'm a little hungry too, you know? So even though I can eat that, I shouldn't just go pig out because, you know, you get kind of sleepy and kind of your senses are snuffed. So, yeah. you know, we like to kind of just keep it a little hungry, you know, Yeah, yeah. Great. hungry animal. <laughs> um, I'd be interested to know if 
you've had any unexpected moments in either your training or competition that led you to change the way you were training um, or give you a different understanding of what you needed to do to become that next level fighter? Yeah. Well, I mean, I really have a good example of that, at least recently. And the one that's on the top of my mind every day right now is, you know, and, and it has affected everyone, of course, you know, but this COVID situation sure. in a way actually was a blessing for me. You know, I, uh, you know, the, the Olympic grind there since 2017, you know, three years of, of karate ones, at least every month, sometimes two in a month, you know, going international, there was more Olympic qualification for karate athletes than any other Olympic sport out there. So we kind of got the Olympic ticket as a sport and we were like, let's go, let's have events. Let's have this, you know, kind of the same hundred people flying around the world competing against each other every month and without much change. Yeah. It was a grind. And honestly, I was starting to get lost in it all. So I had a very tough spring last, you know, last winter spring where I points wise, I was quali you know, qualified. Uh, and just had to hold on to it. And then I had the worst stretch uh, that I've ever had in, in 10 years where I went one fight and out first round for about three or four tournaments in a row. And I couldn't explain it, you know, couldn't, was struggling with it. And then COVID hit in March last year and everything shut down. And for the last year, all of a sudden, you know, we're trying to stay sharp because there was always, you know, the possibility of an event here or there. And so we're training really hard and having camps. And, and for a while, you know, of course, dealing with the heartbreak that I, I lose the Olympic ticket and then COVID. And, and it was like, but I learned to train not for an event because there were no events, yeah. but I learned to train because I like my sport again, you know, yeah. And it's just the same reminder again, you know, here's a guy I've been doing it my entire life. And, and sometimes you forget that you like it, you know? So I trained for an entire year last year, you know, just for the fun of it, you know, without not preparing for an event, not doing this or that. And I think that's been a good, put me in a great place lately, you know, and I feel like I'm fighting my way lately. And again, so um, that's, that's, that'd be one thing, you know, that I'd say kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, fantastic. So. That's great. Yeah, great, great story. Um, and I guess akin to that, who, who are the people, you mentioned uh, your sensei Brody. Mm -hmm. um, who, who are the people that have really, you know, been influential in, in the development of your competitive career? Um, well, you know, I, I mean, especially, yeah, Sensei Brody Burns, you know, who, again, small karate school within a Texas little league that fought, you know, karate and taekwondo against each other and just kind of a playful little thing. And he wanted more. And, and today, you know, he's heavily involved in USA Karate. He's the head coach for USA Karate and, you know, and, and shares that same vision and passion with, with all of our athletes from across, you know, other states and um, tries to be a resource for them too, wants more for them. But I'll say, you know, he's, he's one that has never, you know, let me doubt or back down or, uh, you know, he's been a, a fantastic compliment 
complementary presence. You know, as soon as I felt weak or as soon as I feel uh, doubtful, you know, he's there, you know, and, and that has been, you know, just an amazing part of this whole journey too. And, and there's a huge friendship there. So, you know, it's part of the reason why I do it too, and is to do that with him and, you know, um, and, uh, but, you know, I guess he's probably been, he'd be unquestionably the, the major presence there for that question. So. Great. Great. Yeah. And, um, you're a, you're a full-time karate instructor. Um, you're, up, you're an elite athlete. I mean, you know, I, I actually had the concept that, uh, Tom Scott would just be a full-time elite athlete, wouldn't have anything else to do, just focus on his karate because he's reached yeah. that such a high level. So how do you, how do you manage to pull your week together to ensure that you get the right amount of training? Um, and you know, you've got a fam, you know, you're married, you've got lots of different areas of life going on. So what's been the secret to success, you know, for you in that, that sense? Well, I mean, I guess, uh, um, you know, there's, there's so many things there, I guess, that, that help. There's not one secret, but, you know, uh, a lot of just, um, man, I mean, having Sensei Burns, being able to put this career together for me. And, you know, again, it's something like, you know, that not, you don't see a lot of people do, you know, he, he has basically, uh, he's just opened the door for me to be able to do my dream, you know, for years now and, and for years to come. And, um, and, you know, that wouldn't, I don't think that that's, that's really hard to find. Um, of course, my wife, Morgan, you know, she's, she laughs all the time that she, if she wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't see it coming, you know, it wouldn't happen. So she's, she's been huge support the whole time. She loves it. She's, you know, biggest fan and kicks my butt on the way out the door to go work out and, and, you know, is, is hopeful for it all too, you know? So I think that's that's huge. If you ever feel pressure in that department, then then that's going to make it really difficult, right, to pull it all off. So the fact that she's behind me, you know, um, makes it gets it done. But and then again, I think just at the end of the day, spending an entire day as a martial artist, eh, honestly, helping others is very helpful for me. You know, if I I'll feel guilty as soon as I spend one day entirely on myself. I, I can't do that too many times because I'm guilt ridden, you know, and I can't do it anymore. Um, or I feel, you know, it's all for not or pointless. So my day has to be in balance with helping others, um, you know, and teaching kids and adults is just, has just been awesome because heck, you know, teaching is the ultimate understanding of, of, what technique as well, right? You know, you understand something, you see it, then you can do it. Then you can also understand it so well, you can teach it. Um, and it keeps my ideas fresh, it, you know, even for elite athlete or kumite. And um, and then finally, just the humility. You know, when I'm teaching little kids here in an hour, I'll be teaching them and, you know, they don't, they don't care what medal I'm bringing back or they don't care what they want. What game are we playing today? You know, yeah. what, uh, 
you know, that's great, Sensei. Now let's let's go. And it's it's extremely humbling, and it's it's exactly what everyone needs. You know, we don't need to get too, uh, you know, into our own selves or uh, pedigree or any of that stuff. You know, there's just great life moments out there that can keep us grounded, and and I'm surrounded by that. So, yeah, I think that's it's all part of a big lucky formula, I guess. Great, great. Um, I just want to ask you about, um, back to competition. Uh, so obviously the, we've got the Olympics coming up. Um, what are your sort of main goals and focuses as a competitor? Like what's left? You've got a huge track record. You've done some incredible things in the sport. What's left for you that you would think, you know, I'd love to do that or I'd love to achieve that. That's my next target. Sure. I mean, within the sport, the, you know, I can, I can think of a few things right offhand. I mean, of course the Olympics this year and stuff. And, um, I definitely would just, it would be amazing to be a part of it. And I'm going to fight hard to, to see that through. And, you know, I'm very hopeful. Um, you know, world medal is just something that I've always wanted as well. And so world championships this fall, you know, we're shooting for, for a good showing there. And, um, Next year, the World Games. Uh, karate has always been a part of the World Games. That comes to the United States, and I'm excited about that. I think uh, uh, we'll be we'll be preparing for that there too. And um, and I guess you know the uh, at least for karate, uh, if if I were able to participate in a fourth Pan Am Games in a possible medal or something there, that would be unprecedented for us over here in the states. So that would that's a huge major goal and an exciting one to think about. And so there's just lots of, lots of good stuff. It never ends. You know, I mean, if, even if I had all that, we'll find something else to, like I said, <laughs> since the beginning, right. We want more. So it's just like, you know, find the next, uh, you know, best and, and go chase them down and, and meet them face to face. So that's kind of the goal, you know, right. so. And as a, as a coach uh, and a sensei, what, what is it you want for your students? Do you want them to compete? Do you not care if they compete? What, what's the focus there for you in that role? Yeah, um, you know, that's so cool because I get to see it all. Yeah, um, at least for our school, man, maybe maybe only 10 or 15%, maybe 15% of our school is involved in competition mm -hmm. and the rest, you know, they're happy to be there. They're happy to train. They're happy to, again, confidence, discipline, self-defense, you know, just the good old stuff. And they saw Cobra Kai, you know, whatever. That's why they're there. Like so, Cobra Kai. <laughs> everybody, everybody right now. So, uh, you know, and, and again, extremely humbling for me, you know, I, I don't walk into a normal karate class talking about the last tournament because nobody knows about it. Some of these kids. So, um, and then we get to go to a competition, you know, practice, and that's what all we're about. So luckily, even inside our little school, you know, there's a whole, um, you know, whole bunch of worlds inside, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. I, 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 I when I, when I find a student who I think that the competition team would benefit them, I definitely tell them. And, um, and I think a lot of time it turns out well, but, uh, you know, I usually, if, uh, if it's not something that they bring up, I normally won't either. So we just throw it out there as an option always and, and kind of let them uh, find their way to it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, 
how do you how do you think that uh, being a top level fighter has contributed to your own understanding of yourself as a person? Oh man, well, um, you know, I think um, I think for one thing, you know, uh, these elite level tournaments and everything has always been a big, you know, communicator with God for me, and and if I, you know feel I can always tell I'm in when I'm in a good place in my relationship and in life then uh, you know then I can do really well and if I'm not then I'm usually a little clouded or thinking about things that don't matter and and you know I I almost feel like God will remind me or slap me on the wrist and and help keep me on the right track and so you know I think I've always enjoyed looking at this at you know, elite competitions as, um, you know, again, uh, I guess just times to reflect, yeah. you know, moments to, uh, to uh, keep everything in order. It's really interesting, you know, even because generally, at least for over for us over here, any tournament anywhere is going to require a, you know, a big long flight. And, and I usually take those flights and, and reflect on everything I get to think about how my career is going, my family, my wife, my relationships, my friends. And, and it's just a great time to reflect on the way over to do something exciting. And, um, so, you know, I think those are, um, I'll just say I closely tie my self betterment in sport with my own self betterment in my character and my, uh, life in general. So, um, it's a big part of me, you know, yeah, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, how close, uh, last question, Tom, how close do you feel you are to becoming the fighter that you want to be? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's like so close and so far, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm, I am the fighter I, I think I dreamed of. And, and then, of course, here I am now and, and I see so much more. So. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I'm hitting those points and then I'm also I'm still learning. I'm still relearning and I'm still, you know, uh, I still got major goals ahead. So I think uh, I think we will we'll see greater things coming. Fantastic. Tom, thanks so much for joining us on the Karate podcast today and taking time out of your day to do that. I really appreciate being here. Wish you all the very best for your uh, karate career and the tournaments to come, particularly the Olympics. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Ben, thank you so much. I really appreciate the, the chance to reflect and, and always love these moments. So thank you. Thank you, Tom. Cheers.